It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the basketball guru. Got Jay Smooth in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Smooth underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Smooth, here we go. NBA Monday. And we're going to go ahead. We're going to talk one, two games. I want to throw kind of one of my theories out there, see what you think about that. And then I do want to talk about Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. The games we'll talk about, guys, we'll talk about the Lakers and the Warriors, Grizzlies and the Suns. So let's go ahead and start out here with the Lakers and the Warriors. Warriors are going to be plus two and a half point underdogs here. They will be at home. Got a total of 225 and a half. And you and I were texting you told me what games you liked, and, and the first one that you had listed there was the Lakers and the Warriors. I agreed with your pick uh, almost immediately because that was the first game that I handicapped, and I actually like a side, and I also like the total, but I'll let you go ahead and give out your pick so I don't steal any of your thunder uh, in that game. What do you think for Lakers and Warriors? Yeah, I'm liking the total um, under 222 and a half here. Well, we've been having a, a good run of streak of, of playing totals and even the Lakers a little bit. You know, one of our last shows, we gave out a uh, Lakers side and the under uh, against the Pacers. And, you know, this is another a great combination of, you know, two really good defenses. Um, you know, both teams rank, you know, top 10 or better when it comes to defensive rating and opponent field goal uh, percentage. And the, um, the Lakers, they also play at a pretty slow pace, you know, ranking 18th, around 18th to 20th in the league. Uh, the Warriors surprisingly play at a, a top five or better pace, but, you know, with their defense, you know, still being elite playing at a at a, such a high pace, you know, really speaks volumes to how well, you know, their defense is, especially with, you know, Draymond Green in the lineup and having both bigs back with, you know, Wiseman and, and Looney. But with the Lakers, um, they just – they have a lot of things, you know, that works for the under here, you know, in their games on the road. Uh, they're 14 and four to the under. So the under is hitting about, you know, 70, over 75%. And it goes under about almost 10 points a game. And in Warriors home games, their unders are going about 10 and nine, you know, over 50%. And, you know, the Warriors, you know, they're on a back to back, you know, they had a uncharacteristic, you know, offensive performance against an elite jazz defense. So, I don't see that type of performance duplicating against a against a Lakers team. And speaking, you know, the Lakers offense um, this year, it's a uh, below average. And over the last 10 games or so without Anthony Davis, it's ranked in the bottom 10. So with the Lakers playing at a slow pace and not being that great offensively um, going up against an elite defense uh, with the Warriors, um, I think 222 and a half is a really good number to play to under. Plus, you know, getting into the second half of the season, I think you're going to start to see a lot of these, a lot of, a lot more games go under the total due to the fact, you know, just a regression to the mean with a lot of teams playing over the total in the first half of the season. Yeah, I think the second half of the season right now is, you know, we I think we have to take into consideration that, you know, we're going to have 10 less games. So, you know, we, Generally, you know, after the All-Star game, it's like, oh, yeah, these teams are going to ramp it up. But I think they're really going to go ahead and start ramping up, um, you know, at least the defensive. And 
I actually typed my handicap out here, so I'm just going to read it verbatim. You got the Warriors on a back-to-back, as you said. Golden State, you know, with a nice win tonight on the road against Utah, 131-119. Curry had a nice game. Draymond posting triple-double for tonight. Gobert tore it up, though. 24 points, but only 28 rebounds. I'll get to that rebound in a minute here uh, as I jump into why I actually like the Warriors in this game. You know, Wiseman came off the bench for the Warriors. He had a nice game, 16 points. 8 of 11 shooting. The Lakers will be rested, and they'll be coming off of a win. But my concern here for the Lakers, they've only won four of their last 11 games. The last time these teams met, the Lakers won that game, and that was before the All-Star game. Warriors got smashed. I mean, that game was 117 to 91. And I believe you and I did a podcast uh, previewing that game. If we didn't really talk too much about it, we at least breezed over it. And I talked about, you know, the Lakers without AD, that one of the things LeBron was going to really concentrate on was trying to get that team, you know, up defensively because, you know, he was out there, you know, pointing his finger at players and being like, oh, well, you got to be here. You know, you got to be there. And uh, I think that was actually the the next game. I think I I know you remember me saying that, that LeBron was out there kind of calling the team out on the floor. My guess is that the game before that one, the, the Lakers got beat. I could be wrong, but. My, the point is that they went out there and they played real good defense against the Warriors in that game. And why not try to duplicate that type of performance? So uh, that's why I agree with you here, you know, with the under. Both teams, very good defensive teams. But I think the Lakers come into this one totally focused on defense. And I think that they'll have a, a, a at least a decent success um, to go ahead and kind of hold the hold the Warriors to a decent amount. What I do want to talk about quick is is the rebounds here. You gave up 28 rebounds to Gobert. I mean, that's just crazy. I think that that's going to be something that, that you know, the Warriors are going to sit down and talk about. And one of the issues for the Lakers going into um, this game in particular, they're going to be without Gasol. So um, they might be a little bit limited in the rebounding area. And the fact they just gave up, you know, a ton of rebounds to Gobert Maybe they go in with, you know, a little bit of, a, you know, self-urgency here that they have to go ahead and attack, you know, the glass a little bit better. But I do like the Warriors here <clears throat> overall. I think plus two and a half um, is just, I, I actually want to say that this line probably should be closer to pick them. I don't think the Lakers should be favored here on the road. Uh, I do know the Warriors are on a back-to-back, but they do have revenge here. So that's what I'll do for that game. I'll go ahead. I'll take the Warriors plus two and a half. I think that's cool. Uh, I feel I'm getting value there. And then the under 222, um, that was kind of a no-brainer for me. And then once you kind of let me know that you like the under two, I was like, well, I'm in. I'm all in on that one. Um, so I feel pretty good about that game. What do you think? Let's stick with this for a quick second here. What do you think about Wiseman coming off the bench? you think that that helps them um, quite a bit? Because I feel like it does. I think just having him available helps them whether he comes off the bench or in the starting lineup, because um, the reason why I liked him in the starting lineup is because of the chemistry that he was developing with uh, Draymond Green. And uh, Draymond, I, he was pretty, you know, obvious to see him in his ear. But he's like his, uh, like a big mentor and coaching him up. And, you know, he started to show some, uh, some consistency, you know, before he injured his wrist and missed a few games. Now the downside to that, you know, it, he is a rookie and, you know, he – only played, you know, three or four games, you know, college basketball. So he's still kind of getting 
his legs and confidence, you know, under him and, and being a starting center, you know, in, in the NBA and in the Western Conference, you know, you got to go up against guys like, you know, uh, uh, an Anthony Davis or an Embiid or somebody like that, you know, if you're playing starter minutes. But, you know, I could agree with you that he could serve, you know, in a more impactful, you know, role, you know, coming off of the bench, uh, going to going up against other teams, you know, second unit and, you know, the second big man. Uh, opposing second big man is, you know, not as talented as starter. So, you know, he could serve as a, you know, more impactful, you know, coming off the bench uh, for the rest of the season for the Warriors. Yeah, I felt like, you know, when I looked at Wiseman in the beginning of the year, that like, you know, the Warriors weren't kind of built to have that center again. But I feel like it adds like a totally different dimension, you know, with because I feel like he's a true big man who who has a lot of athletic ability that the Warriors, they kind of change their stripes right in the middle of a game on you. It's like, you know, we are this team, you know, when we have Steph and, and Wiggins and Oubre and everybody out there and Draymond running and gunning, like we're this fast-paced, you know, three-point shooting team. And then it's like, we then you bring in Wiseman. And I always felt like Draymond, you know, he can kind of mix in with anybody. Like he could play a certain style. Um, and I feel like, you know, if you put Draymond on the court with a big man, you know, that that kind of could really shift that offense around. and. You know, it just it, it adds a little bit of a different dynamic, um, especially if it works. I think that that uh, <clears throat> I think that that'll actually work uh, half decent for the Warriors if they continue with that particular process. Let's jump over to the Grizzlies at the Phoenix Suns here. Uh, I'll have a big bet on this one. I really like the Suns here minus the seven points. Uh, we have a total right now of two twenty eight. Uh, the Grizzlies are coming off of a loss tonight, so they're going to be on a back to back here. You know, Memphis, they lost to OKC 128-122. And the Memphis, you know, they've played the Suns twice this season already. And both of those games were in Memphis. Now, they lost one. They won one. The game that they won, they won that game by four. And that was like the first game uh, of the season that they played. It was earlier on. And in the second game, the Grizzlies just got absolutely manhandled by 31. So I'm not sure that I want to go ahead and fade the Suns in this spot. They're going to be rested. And, you know, now, you know, it's the third look for the Suns. And I feel with somebody like Chris Paul out there, you know, judging off that second game, another look, that they're going to be able to go ahead and and make the correct adjustments. I think it was, you know, kind of an adjustment type of thing. So I feel really good that the Suns are going to get a third look, you know, with, with, you know, a lot of, you know, veteran leadership on that team. And this is, it's go time right now for the Suns. Nine out of their next 12 games, they're going to be against eight seeds or worse. So they could really make up, you know, some ground or put some distance between, you know, the Lakers and the Clippers who, you know, they're hot right now on the Suns' heels. So uh, the Suns are coming off of a loss, you know, against the Pacers. So I certainly expect their effort to be up, their motivation to be up, confidence should be up. But I think, you know, really the key to this one is the Suns, going ahead, getting a third look, and then you have a Grizzlies coming off of, I don't want to say it was a heartbreaking loss um, to OKC, but that's got to sting a little bit, and they're going to be on a back-to-back. Seven just seems way, way, way too low. Um, When I was handicapping this one, I thought for sure um, that you would be texting me that you like the Suns. So I don't know how you feel about them in this game, but I would probably go out on a limb and say, um, you know, early – you know, right now we're we're on Sunday night at, at what three in the morning almost. Um, the Suns are probably going to be my my pick of the day. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll give you guys that. I'll give you Phoenix minus the seven. 
uh, against Grizzlies. Uh, how you feel about that one? Yeah, I would. I agree with you. I would have to uh, if I played this game, I would have to look to play the Suns as well. You know, like you mentioned, you know, both teams coming off a loss as anywhere between you know seven or seven and a half point uh, favorites with the Grizzlies, you know, being on the road losing to the Thunder. And, you know, the Suns being at home, losing to the Pacers, actually played, you know, both those, you know, played both of them and they lost those games. But I think it would have to be the Suns that would kind of be the team that, um, you know, has high, has a higher ceiling to meet. And it's more of a disappointing loss for them versus the Grizzlies. Um, you know, the Grizzlies losing to the Thunder, you know, they had a, a 10-point lead or, or bigger, you know, three different times. And they allowed a Thunder team to, you know, crawl back and creep back into the game. And they also, you know, forced the Thunder into a lot of turnovers and they uh, scored a lot of points off those turnovers and still ended up losing by five. So when you look at this Grizzlies defense, um, they're really only at their best when they're turning you over. And when you look at the Suns team led by Chris Paul, um, they're not a they're not an offense that really turns it over that much. And, you know, I kind of expect them coming off a loss at home to be, you know, a little more, a little bit more locked in, a little bit more focused and, you know, to kind of set a tone um, at the beginning of the game and look to take advantage of the Grizzlies, of a young Grizzlies team, you know, being on the second end of a back to back. Um, so, yeah, I, I would agree with you that the Suns would be the player for the game. And I would even look to to play the Suns, you know, in in the first half or maybe even in the first quarter. You know, one of the reasons why I fell on the Suns, and you kind of alerted me to this, you know, probably more than a few times, is that you felt like, you know, that the odds makers just weren't giving the Suns their, their just due and that they were being, you know, undervalued, especially within the market. And I feel like minus seven is, I feel like it's cheap. I feel like maybe this line should be somewhere around eight and a half, nine. I'm not sure where you think this line should be, but I don't know, man. Like I look at that line and I, I'm, the first thing I thought about was, was you. And I'm like smooth, you know, he, he always preaches about the Suns team, you know, being undervalued and yeah, they're the number two seed, but I, I just, I don't think they're getting the respect, you know, that they deserve. I don't think anybody really knows how good this team is. You know, they're going to be tough to beat in a series. So, um, you know, what did, what did you think about, you know, seven? Like, do you feel like, you feel like that's kind of like way short because I feel like eight and a half, nine makes more sense to me. Yeah, I think that's a little low. Um, I would make the Suns somewhere around a nine and a half to 10 point favorite, especially being at home. Um, and like you said, um, you know, we've been on the Suns uh, pretty much all year, especially, you know, at the beginning of the year with them being one of my surprise teams. You know, RJ gave out, you know, the, the their odds to win, you know, the their division um you know a couple a couple weeks ago but you know we've really been liking the Suns a lot and you know this is probably a, a really good spot to play them in when they're coming off a loss and you know looking to be motivated and having a leader like Chris Paul um you know he's kind of he's letting them know you know we can't have you know we can't just show up and think we're going to win just because we've been playing good or we may have more talent than the other team you know so I kind of expect those guys to be a lot more focused for this matchup and really just take advantage of a young Grizzlies team that, you know, their defense is kind of, you know, to me kind of suspect because it depends on turnovers, which is kind of an unpredictable stat to depend on. 
um, in the NBA. So, you know, and Chris Paul, he doesn't turn the ball over a lot anyway. So when, you know, put those factors together, um, I think this could be a blowout even uh, with the Suns, you know, getting the Grizzlies pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I certainly think that that line is, is way too short. I, I could see a blowout, you know, with Memphis coming on the back-to-back here. Let's let's just talk about some newsy stuff here. I want to talk about Philly. Uh, you and I, we had a little bit of a disagreement when we talked about the Sixers. You know, you felt really good about them being, the, in, you know, probably representing the East as, um, you know, as a, as a top seed. And I'm like, I felt like they would probably fall to like the fourth or the fifth. I didn't anticipate Embiid being out, but it looks like right now, you know, he's going to be out, you know, two, maybe three weeks. And, you know, as we were sitting there, we were we were talking a little bit about the Sixers before the podcast. Um, you know, we, we kind of came to you know, a little bit of an assumption that maybe Philly is, st- is, is still going to be OK without Embiid because of the amount of time that like, you know, Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons have had to play, you know, with him off the floor you know, over the last couple of seasons. So I'm not necessarily sure what you think, if you still think that they're, you know, viable for you know, a, a one seed, but I feel like that they're certainly going to fall, um, that you just can't have, the, you know, the, we'll just say, you know, MVP caliber player um, off your roster for, you know, two, three weeks. I just feel like Philly is, they're going to have to, they're going to have to play really hard. Now they're coming off an impressive win against San Antonio. They beat the crap out of them, uh, 35 points. You know what, Smooth, I, I wanted to tell you a quick story too before we started the podcast. So my buddy, right? He's having a miserable day. He was betting first half hockey or first period overs in hockey. No good. Had a couple golfers going head to head today. No good. Um, he was betting horses and poker. It was like it was a disastrous day. So he's sitting there, right? And he, he's like, he he wouldn't even talk to me. I was trying to talk to him. He was like, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm looking at this Philly game. He's like, I gotta come up with a bet. And I'm like, man. All right, so he's going and he's yapping, and he's he t- he's like the guy that tells you to shut up, but then he asks you questions. So he's sitting there and he's like, you know, what do you think about what do you think about Simmons points over Tobias Harris? He's like, what about Tobias Harris? So anyway, he's going through, he's circling through all these players, right? He comes back and he's like, Danny Green. I'm like, Danny Green stinks, dude. I'm like, he's gonna be standing down there in a corner waiting to get the ball. He's like, Danny Green threes. He's like two and a half. He's like, I can get plus one forty on that. He's like, somebody's got to take all the damn shots. He's like, Embiid shoots 30 times a game. So he's like, screw it. He's like, I'm going to put 50 bucks on Danny Green to go ahead and sink three threes at least. So I'm like, all right, man, go ahead, do your thing. I would have never made that bet. So it turns out, like, he's getting ready to leave. He's packing up. He's, you know, got all his beer and cigarettes and all that crap like that. He's He's ready to go. He was miserable. So I'm like, oh, the Philly game just came on. He's like, all right. And I'm like, Philly's up by like a couple or something or another. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'll watch that at home. He's like, I got to root in Danny Green. And I clicked on the box score. Danny Green scored like the first, like, I don't know what it was. It was like nine out of like 15 points. He hit his first three shots were all like three-point attempts, I think, right in a row. Bang, bang, bang. He was over. He cashed that ticket at the 8.04 mark in the first quarter. 
And he was like, you never even did that. You never cashed a ticket that quick before. <laughs> He's like, see? He's like, that's why I always tell you to shut up. And I'm like, dude, you were asking me. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you were asking me about Danny Graham. Like, I told you what I thought. I'm like, I would have never played him. He's like, yeah. He's like, you don't know nothing. And he's like walking out the door, like half loaded after his miserable day. But yeah, anyway, I just wanted to, I guess, go ahead and tell you that story. But that's that's what I had to deal with today. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. So why don't you talk about Philly a little bit? Tell me, tell me how you think they're gonna fare over the next like two, three weeks without Embiid there. You know, do you think that they can remain the one seed, or do you feel that maybe I was right now? Um, that they'll end up falling down, which, you know, we didn't anticipate and be being hurt. Well, first off, shout out to your boy for backing the Green Ranger, getting them that, that cash in the first four or five minutes in the game. But, yeah, man, the uh, I know it's only been two games without Embiid, but I'm still kind of still kind of high on them um, to be as successful, you know, in the playoffs, you know, making a run and even representing the East in the finals. Um just because of what you've been seeing, you know, from Philly, you know, without Embiid, you know, this year, you know, it's like I said, it's a small sample size, only two games, but eight quarters. Um, you know, they've had, you know, two 20 plus wins against some teams that have been playing really good basketball, you know, with the Bulls and then the Spurs tonight. And another big reason why I think they'll be fine is because whenever you see Embiid out, uh, you see Ben Simmons be a little bit more aggressive, but this year he's even, you know, he's even better at being aggressive um, when Embiid is out. And I just think that he's one of the, he's one of those other guys in the league that's just, you know, uh, criminally, criminally, criminally underrated um, with what he can do, you know, on both ends of the court. And, you know, just because he's not a, you know, a three point shooter or an outside shooter or anything like that, you know, doesn't mean that, he's not an elite player, you know, you got to think, you know, his, his makeup, you know, he's a six ten, six eleven point guard where, you know, I didn't get to see this guy play a lot, you know, cause I'm, I'm only in my early thirties and he was pretty much done and out of his prime, but I watched a lot of his highlights being a hoop head that I am, but he just reminds me a lot of a magic Johnson. And, you know, he's also an elite defender that can guard, you know, the team's best point guard or the team's best big man. And he's a walking triple double. You know, he can get guys easy shots and nobody can stop him from getting to the basket or um, he's even become a lot of fishing in his post-up game with that right or left hook over the shoulder. But, you know, another guy that I like to mention uh, that you mentioned that got snubbed for the all-star game is Tobias Harris. And nobody's really talking about him much. And I thought he should have been, been in the all-star game. He's, averaging somewhere around 20 points and very efficient from the field. And you can see it when um, Embiid's off the floor, too. He's more more aggressive and looking to get his shots. And, you know, that first game against the Bulls when there was no Embiid or no Ben Simmons, you know, he really took over the game. And then tonight against the Spurs when it was just him and Ben Simmons, you know, he still, you know, flourished and had a really good game. So, and, you know, there's another guy, you know, with Embiid being out, you know, a lot of people forget about this guy, but Dwight Howard, um, you know, he could be a potential, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. And you know, he was only playing about 15 or 16 minutes, um, you know, throughout the season, but he's probably going to play a lot more with Embiid being out. And, you know, he's still, you know, a really solid defensive presence and can still get you about 15 to uh, 17, 18 points a night just off of, 
you know, running the floor and playing in the pick and roll and playing with Ben Simmons. And, and you know, they, uh, they still have a lot of talent. And, you know, you look at Doc Rivers as the head coach, um, you know, he's not going to let that team, you know, go into the tank just because Embiid is out. And, you know, you already mentioned that they're kind of used to, you know, playing without Embiid over the years also. So uh, just looking at their schedule over the next 10 or 15 games or so, they only have, you know, maybe three tough games, you know, with the Lakers, um, Clippers and Nuggets and, you know, two or maybe three out of two or three of those uh, games are winnable, um, you know, playing those three teams, but the rest of teams are, you know, out of the playoffs or barely in the playoffs or below 500. So uh, I think they'll still be in, you know, a pretty good spot and while Embiid's out and, you know, I'm still, I'm still riding with Philly. All right. Well, at least you, you know, you're a little optimistic with them. (laughs) I think a lot of it has to do with rivers, to be honest with you. Um, you know, for them to go out and beat San Antonio up the way that they did, 35 points, I don't think that that's all players. I mean, a lot of that is, you know, that's just, that, a lot of that comes down to coaching, especially when your best player is off the floor. Um, I don't know, man, I feel like going to be interesting. You brought up the Clippers. I don't like them tomorrow. Uh, I would actually go ahead and probably fade them. I just, I don't like the basketball that they're playing right now. I think they hit their stride. Um I don't know a little bit earlier, but for some reason I feel like they're they're in like this kind of a little bit of a road bump here, and they just got blown out against the Pelicans. So uh, I think they'll be on a back to back. Who are they playing tomorrow? Actually, now that I'm thinking about that, oh yeah, they're playing the Mavericks on a back to back. One of the things I noticed with that Clippers team, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I was looking briefly. I think they lost five out of their last six road games. And now they're going to play a back-to-back set against the Mavericks, which they'll have a break in between, you know, the second game. But they are going to be on a, a back-to-back here. Uh, they've just been, you know, kind of an inconsistent team um, over over like the last couple of weeks. So um, I don't want to give that out as an official pick, but I would certainly look at going ahead and maybe playing on the Mavericks uh, on Monday night. Smooth, I do have one more thing I want to go ahead and chop up real quick with you. Uh, we always like to go ahead and, and kind of throw some, you know, just brainstorming kind of stuff out there. Here's what I was thinking about, and I'm like, Smooth's probably the guy to go ahead and, and talk to about this. You know, one of the things that, that we know right now is that the NBA season has been shortened, 10 games shorter. And you and I were talking, and we are like, if there's teams that are going to go ahead and really start making their playoff push, they're going to want to do it now. And if there's teams that are looking to go ahead and start tanking the season, they're going to want to go ahead and, and, and start doing that now. And we kind of feel like maybe the odds makers right now aren't grading the teams that are just absolutely terrible. Let's just say the Wolves. Um, you know, there's a bunch of teams out there that are tanking right now. I mean, we could probably throw the Rockets in there. Uh, I don't know. but I mean, there's probably a couple other teams out there as well, maybe Orlando. I was thinking because of the variance. So like I, tonight I had Boston. I had Boston against the Rockets. It was 11 points. You know, I gave that out last night on straight out of Vegas. I felt that that line would close around 14. I was wrong about that, but I really felt like Boston would put a beating on that Rockets team, and they did, and they ended up beating them by 27. And it's not that I'm pounding my chest, but as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, if we feel right now, and look, man, let's give credit where credit's due, you know, when it comes to a lot of this NBA stuff. Like you and I together, you know, we've been doing these podcasts for, 
you know, for a while now as much as we possibly can. But we've been ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff, you know, and you've said that consistently, you know, to me, you know, offline, like, you know, we feel like we're, we've been ahead of the curve on a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, even, even a couple of weeks in advance, I mean, do we gave out picks on, you know, LaMelo ball when he was like getting like plus money. And I mean, what is he now? Minus a thousand to win rookie of the year. So we've been ahead and we've been trying to give this stuff out, but here's one of the angles I was thinking about. And I kind of want to know what you think. Like, what do you think about like maybe going ahead and alternate line betting, um, you know, these favorites against these teams that are tanking, like maybe we put them in a parlay where we can get, you know, jumbo payouts. So let's say we went ahead and we, and we did that with Boston where, yeah, yeah, the line's 11, but why don't we lay 20? You know, why don't we get plus, you know, 240 and then go and we maybe look, you know, for another team, maybe, I don't know, let's just, we'll just throw Orlando out there. Let's say maybe we go in and we, and we lay 20 against Orlando and we end up with, you know, maybe plus 240 with them. We put it in a parlay and we're getting, you know, 12 to one. Like, how do you feel about that right now? Like one, I think you have to tell me whether you think that, that these teams are tanking right now, um, which you and I have discussed and we kind of feel like we're maybe a little bit ahead of the curve right now with that. But I think that that's one angle that I was thinking about doing. I was in the shower before and I'm thinking, why don't we just go ahead and parlay, you know, straight up. If there's four teams that we think are tanking on a card one night, why don't we just parlay? Um, you know, all four teams. I'm like, well, situationally, it, we want to go ahead and we want to take the team situationally that's not in a good spot. So then the alternate line came up, and I'm like, well, that's even better. You know, with even with an alternate line laying a bunch of points, I'm still going to end up with like almost like what a 14 payout would be. So I'm, I'm, you know, less teams, you know, laying more points. But I'm just throwing that out there, that kind of idea out there. How do you feel about that? Man, Sleepy, I couldn't agree with you more um, with these teams that are, you know, in a in tank mode situation going up against playoff teams or higher seeded teams, you know, with, you know, far more, far more to play for and far more talent, you know, just for the the few reasons that you already brought up, you know, but this being the shorter season, uh, 72 games versus 82 games, um, you know, those teams are going in the tank uh, sooner rather than later, Um and they just don't have, you know, they just don't have any, you know, motivation to win games with um, with them already being at the bottom and with the league having the, the new 7 through 10 format. Um, you know, those teams that are uh, sitting around 13th or, or worse, um, you know, they don't want to win games and possibly uh, creep up closer to that 10 spot, you know, because they want to – secure their chances of landing a top five, you know, pick, you know, in this upcoming draft. And, you know, I agree a hundred percent with the alternate line. You know, I agree with taking, you know, the, you know, the better team or playoff team, um, you know, first half, you know, you hit one, you hit one, you know, big, you know, tonight with the Celtics, you know, I was on the verge of hitting one, you know, with Utah against the Rockets a couple games ago. You know, that line ended up closing at 19 uh, when we gave, when I gave it out, I think it uh, was at 15 and a half. So I missed it by a hook, you know, but the first half, you know, it was around eight and a half or nine and a half points. And, you know, first half they won by 17 and, you know, look at the thunder and the Grizzlies game tonight, you know, the thunder ended up winning, but, you know, before the game, you look at the lineup that they threw out there, you know, they, 
sat down, you know, four out of five starters and have four, you know, G leaguers in there. So, you know, before that game, you can say that the Thunder, you know, didn't go into that game with motivation to win, but just how it played out, you know, they ended up winning anyway, just because the Grizzlies coughed it up. But, um, yeah, I just think this is a, a great time and a great spot to play against tanking teams that's going up against playoff teams. It's just so many good factors, you know, uh, supporting that, you know, with the, the college, you know, the NCAA tournament starting up, you know, it's not going to be, you know, as much attention on the NBA, you know, for this month or so uh, with these games and these situations going on. And, you know, with it being a, a shorter season, you know, than most, you know, teams at the bottom are going to start tanking faster, um, you know, than they normally would in any other type of season. So teams like the Pistons, you know, T-Wolves, Thunder, I would throw the Kings in there, but they've been having, you know, some playoff aspirations the last uh, couple of seasons, and they can, you know, get on a streak where they win some games. But, you know, it, it would depend – for me, it would depend on how they play over this next week, week and a half or so. Um, if they don't play any better, then, yeah, I would throw the Kings in there. But if they go on a maybe, you know, five-game or three-game winning streak or so like that, you know, they may feel motivated to try to get in that 10th, uh, get in the 10th spot or better to be in that playing situation. But you know, I think the Kings and the Magic are in the, in the same boat. And, but the rest of those teams that are at the bottom with them, um, I think they're in full tank mode. So, yeah, I definitely look to alternate line, first half bets, or if the line isn't too big enough, you know, for the game, um, even for the full game, I look to play against those teams. Yeah, I think you made some – some good points in there. I think the Cavs are probably another team. Um, you know, the fact, and I didn't even mention that, the fact that it's like playoff team against, uh, you know, playoff team against a team that's tanking. So, Smooth, I was thinking about one more thing, too, that we should probably go in and consider. One, the fact that the college basketball tournament's going on, like you said, I think that that's going to shift a lot of the, you know, attention to, you know, the NBA right now. But the trade deadline, when's that coming up? Uh, I believe it's going to be in a couple weeks around uh, either the 25th or 26th. All right, so we're looking at probably less than two weeks. We're going to be right in the midst of college basketball big dance, and then we have a shortened season. So let's say we start hearing about, let's just say the Kings, because we were just talking about them. Let's say we hear more you know, rumblings about you know Harrison Barnes on the trade block, this guy's on the trade block. Some of these bottom feeder teams, you know, even like we, you know, we were just talking about Orlando, like maybe, you know, maybe Aaron Gordon or somebody shows up, or maybe a Kevin Love or who knows for the Cavaliers. Like maybe once we start hearing about those rumblings um, about the trade deadline, because we know like right now teams are, if they're talking about it, they're not really talking about it publicly, um, but it's more going on more behind the scenes more than likely. But at some point, it's going to become you know, news and it's all going to get out and be like, oh, well, this team, like, is that really like, that's probably a time that we should be really, really zeroed in with our, our kind of our theory here where, you know, if we're looking at teams that are tanking and now we're finding out that, you know, player XYZ is more than likely going to be on the trading block, like then there goes, you know, that could be a locker room issue. Uh, you know, players could end up sitting. Um, they got to fill roles in with, you know, bench players to set and the other, like, wouldn't you feel like over the next the next two weeks is like we're really keeping our, our eyes and ears open, but then we're really trying to, you know, maybe make plays with that information too. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was up against a team uh, tonight, actually, that was in that type of situation with the Thunder. Um, you no, know, they've only played, I would say, maybe three games since the All-Star break. So I wouldn't expect, you know, um, you know, a lot of guys are, you know, are tired and need rest, you know, especially those bottom teams that didn't have any All-Stars. Um, and, you know, the Thunder, they sat down Al Horford for rest. Um, so, you know, he would be a guy that I think you could add to that list of, um, you know, veteran players that's probably going to be on the move. And he has a couple teammates and, you know, George Hill, Trevor Reza that are vets on that team that can, you know, look to go somewhere and probably help, a, you know, help a playoff team or a team that has some, you know, some title chances. Um, so, yeah, I would also look, you know, um, look to get those lines maybe early before those guys are officially listed as out because a lot of those guys are, you know, be, are going to turn up being listed as out, you know, just out of nowhere or game time to game time decisions where you see, you know, a guy just, you know, uh, randomly scratched from the lineup or things like that. You know, we've already kind of seen that in situations, you know, with Andre Drummond, you know, being, uh, kind of pretty much just sent home until they find a trade for him. And even before he was traded to the Nets, you know, they did the same thing. Or the Pistons did the same thing with uh, Blake Griffin. You know, they sat him down for until they, you know, was able to, to find a trade. So there's going to be, you know, some vets on those on those bad teams, um, you know, just randomly, you know, popping up, you know, not playing and, and sitting. And they'll just label, label it as a, uh, rest or, you know, I guess the new one is, you know, injury management. So if you can get the best line before those guys are out, you know, I will look to play, you know, either those totals or those sides, you know, against those teams before, you know, they, they're they officially listed as out and it starts to drop so you can get the best number. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff right there. You know, I'm going to do smooth. I think we should probably maybe do a crash test on our theory here with, going ahead and maybe alternate line playing some of these teams, um, especially against teams like that are in the playoffs. Why don't, I'm going to go ahead and we'll, let's do it like five times, but we'll try to do it, you know, this week. We'll see how long, you know, we can do it. Uh, maybe we'll do like like a five-night a five night test. But I want to start on Tuesday because um, there's a couple games in here that actually um, are intriguing to me. You have the Hawks and the Rockets. The Hawks right now sitting in the eight seed, so. Um, that game might qualify. And then you have the Lakers against the T-Wolves. Um, that game certainly would qualify. And then you have the Heat and the Cavaliers. Uh, I think that game would qualify as well for Tuesday. So maybe we'll uh, we'll do a podcast tomorrow night, wait for those lines to come out, and I'll see if I can find uh, alternate lines. Generally, they'll have an alternate line on FanDuel. Not sure if they'll be up late tomorrow night. Well, they I guess they should be. And then maybe I'll, we'll go ahead and we'll just track, um, you know, like a, a five a five game uh, parlay kind of thing for for the week, and then uh, I'll make it official. I'll bet them, and we'll we'll see how our theory does and see if we're, you know, either a bunch of idiots or we're in front of the curve and we and we made some some decent money. We'll lay uh, we'll lay a decent amount of points get to see if we can get some, uh, you know, eight, ten, twelve to ones, maybe some fifteen to one parlays to go in and cash for the week uh so that'll be our little experiment this week with you know with our theory but that's pretty good stuff uh as we had mentioned you know we're gonna go ahead i'm gonna play the suns tomorrow minus seven 
smooth. He likes the under in that Warriors game. I like the Warriors in that game uh, by themselves, and I really like that under as well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to avoid the uh, the Clippers tomorrow. And I also think, believe it or not, even though there's no line, I think the Detroit Pistons are actually live tomorrow um, at home. Not sure where that line comes out, but if they're getting more than like six points in that game, five and a half, six, I'll probably go ahead and maybe jump on the Pistons, which uh, nobody would probably do. I just feel pretty good about them. But now to wrap up the pod, guys, you kind of covered a bunch of stuff. They're always good to have Jay Smooth on. Go ahead and talk some NBA. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. You can get Smooth at Smooth underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games. <laughs>